Are you a Christian in real estate wanting to grow your business and your faith? Then this podcast is for you. The Lord is at work and a movement is here. Christians in real estate all over the country are joining the Faithful Agent family to grow their business and their faith, and you can too. We are here to bring you into community with other Jesus-loving professionals who desire to grow their business and their faith also to create a Faithful Agent family. Join us as we navigate being a faithful Christian in the real estate world together. Welcome back, Faithful Agents. We are so glad that you've joined us once again for another episode of the Faithful Agent Podcast. I've got with me today the magnificent Cody Persinger. We call him Short Shorts. He is back on the show. What's up, Short Shorts? Say hello What's to up, all guys? fans. Appreciate you. There you go. Yeah, appreciate you. Well appreciate said. You. We, we've got <laughs> Tyler Wilson known around my house in my office as Chiseled chin what's up chiseled <laughs> what's up man an office of one <laughs> an office of one and myself garrett maroon the loud mouth we are glad that you have joined us once again and we're going to be diving into a new series on what it means to be a godly leader we're going to cover since this is the first episode of the series we're going to cover of what does it mean how does a godly leader first a servant how are they teachable filled with the spirit, enthusiastic about their role, a model of humility and forgiveness, loving to those they lead and ready to admit their failures in the areas they need growth. Today, we're, gonna, we're going to hopefully do our best to tackle the topic of what does it mean to be a godly leader who is first a servant using Matthew 23, 11. So we are excited to get into this topic with you all today. But first, let's do some Christian jokes. So it. T, you were the only one that felt confident about your joke, man. So you know, let's see if it's good. I think it's because I lack confidence because anytime I say one, you're just blown away if it's any type of good. So there's no pressure on me. But this is one of my, I like a homophone jokes. So what's a miracle that can be done by a complainer? They can turn anything into. That's funny. I was still trying to remember what a homophone was. So <laughs> That's don't, right. Don't, don't pull your UVA, your UVA education out on me. I went Don't. to liberal arts school. <laughs> hey, careful, buddy. Don't let everybody yeah. behind the curtain too much on your intelligence level. We're going to lose <laughs> listeners. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they know. You're the smart <laughs> one of the group. Man, Cody, did you, were you able to find one, buddy? Yeah, I found one. It's, it's okay. What animal could Noah not trust? A cheetah. Ah, uh, nice. That was actually funny. That was good. That good. Okay. All right. All right. That's good. Okay. So at Sunday school, the children were learning. How, how in the Bible, God created everything, including people. Little Johnny paid particular attention when the teacher told him how Eve was created out of one of Adam's ribs. Later that week, Johnny's mommy found him lying on his bed like he was sick and said, Johnny, what's the matter? To which Johnny replied, I've got a pain in my side. I think I'm going to have a wife. <laughs> That's funny. That's awesome. It was a little long, that good. but you that know, was that was good. good. That I was like, like we're taking that. Yeah, all right. I thanks. Like hey, it. thanks, Tyler. Nice. Right. Hey, you're man. in a good mood today. That's that's fantastic. All right. So let's dive into <laughs> let's dive into our scripture of the day. What does it mean to be a godly leader who is first a servant? So T man, why don't you why don't you read Matthew 23, 11? Why don't you go ahead and read eleven yep. and twelve? Yep. Eleven and twelve. Twenty three, eleven and twelve. The greatest among you shall be your servant. Whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. It's good. So give us the context for this. Who says this, T? 
what's going on at the time. You know, just give us a little bit of context since that's a, a shorter passage. Yeah, we're in the Gospel of Matthew. This is obviously wisdom coming from the mouth of Jesus as he teaches to crowds and to his disciples. And so what I think is so important about this is it is obviously Jesus is known as King of Kings, Lord of Lords. He is the greatest leader that the world has ever known, the most sacrificial leader that the world has ever known, the embodiment of what true leadership looks like as he lays down his life literally for our salvation. And so for him to be speaking in this moment to to tell them that when these disciples are going forth and they're growing the kingdom and they're fulfilling the Great Commission, that the greatest of those to do that are not the ones who are trumpeting their own successes, but humbling themselves to come into places and to serve. I mean, we have the image of Jesus washing feet in scripture. We have so many images of him picking people up off the streets, meeting the woman at the well, like just loving on the least of these, which is what we are always called to do when a lot of times the world is going to challenge us to be in a position of leadership, to prop ourselves up to create separation, to establish a hierarchy so that people will automatically listen, adhere, follow directions from us when that is just not even close to what Jesus embodies and teaches. So I love this scripture specifically, and it's, it's you know, his life is this embodied of what it looks like to truly put others before yourself and to choose to humble ourselves to have a servant's heart. We use that. I mean, the title of our podcast formerly was Serving Not Selling. Jesus was the greatest servant the world has ever known, but let's not forget that he's also a king. So if Jesus is the greatest king that the world has ever known and the greatest servant the world has ever known, we can obviously do both of those things. And that's what we want to talk about today is what does that what does it look like to do both? Yeah, I think that's good. We're three chapters away from when they take Jesus and his death and his vice starts the process, right, where they come in and they capture him and they flog him and all the things that happen right before Christ is crucified. We're only three chapters away. I, I just find that fascinating. He's talking about being a servant and he's about to, like you said, T, show and live out the greatest sacrifice that the world had ever known and will ever know, right? So I think that's really cool. So the greatest among you shall be your servant. Whoever exalts himself will be humbled. Whoever humbles himself will be exalted. What do you think it means, Cody, to be a servant? Why does it matter being a servant? Why do you need to be a servant if you want to be a leader? Yeah, I think this is super cool too, because like you said, it's right before Jesus went to the cross and he knew what was going to happen to him, which is amazing to me because he could have stopped it. Of course, he's Jesus, but he knew that that was what he was sent to do. And he's still here talking about the greatest among you shall be your servant. He knew that he was serving everyone to come after him, which is amazing to me. That just, it just speaks so much to God's true heart, which is amazing. Definitely something that, you know, within our business world that we continue to strive to do every single day, especially within my team and building a business, you want to be a servant. I'm definitely not the perfect example of this, but at the same time, it's a standard that we absolutely try to live up to. And I think that the most successful businesses and a lot of the business mentors and stuff that I've had in the past. I've had ones that are very much along these lines and ones that are not. And you can tell, mm -hmm. I think, from what way they lead very clearly. Because if you're, if you lead from a servant part, I think that I, I, I just, it's, it's night and day about how, 
how your business runs, what your culture is like, what, how people feel about your business. And I think that it's, it's one thing for me, it's been extremely important to portray that. I think mm -hmm. not only to my guys, but to the, to the public as well. And just serve, just serve first. Everything else is a byproduct. Mm -hmm. What is the, what do you guys think is the mindset that someone has to have in order to be a servant? Right. You can't be puffed up with deceit. You can't be puffed up and think you're amazing and then go serve, serve people well. There's a lot of people, let's be honest, there's a lot of people in real estate that, that all the audience we all know who will talk about the service projects they do or whatever. And, and the reality is it seems, seems like it's coming from a place of vanity, mm -hmm. right? They're doing it to get recognized for what they're doing. I don't think that's what. Scripture is talking about here, right? So what kind of heart posture do we need to have to be a servant to our clients, to be a servant to someone in our office, to be a servant to our families? What does that look like, T? What do you think? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're touching on something great. I mean, the first verse that came into my mind as you were talking was Matthew 6, when he talks about don't let your left hand know when you're right, what your right hand is giving. Like, don't give in an effort to be publicly lauded or proclaimed. And so, I mean, what I think it, what it means to to truly serve in a leadership position, I mean, it doesn't mean you're a pushover. It doesn't mean that you don't hold your team accountable because right. we are absolutely called to accountability as believers. In our brotherhood, in our community of believers, we're called to hold each other accountable. Scripture is abundantly clear about the standard of the law that we are aimed to uphold. Now, we will always fall short and never fulfill it, Praise God for the grace that comes through the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. But we are called to have a high standard um, and to challenge the people around us to meet that so that they grow, so that they're refined, and from a Christian perspective, so that they're sanctified. One of the a, a real, like, literal example of grace that I think makes a lot of sense from a business standpoint, I forget what book it was and I forget which significant world-changing entrepreneur it was like Andrew Carnegie or Henry Ford or something where somebody made a mistake. One of his employees made a mistake that cost him a million dollars. And the employer is just so upset over the mistake that he's made. He's certain that he's going to get fired. It gets called into his boss's office. And the guy walks in and he says, you know, I'm so sorry. Like I'll, I'll have my bags packed and I'll be out of here tomorrow. And the boss looks at him and he says, Hey man, where are you going? I just, I just invested a million dollars of my money into you, and my hope is that you will continue to learn from that mistake and that you'll be better because of it. So in an opportunity, what that means as a, as a faithful leader is when somebody falls short in a situation, which everybody on your team 100% is going to do at some point, and let's not forget that you're going to let them down at some point as well, so let's have take the log out of our own eye when we're looking at the splinter in another's and say, hey, that's what grace looks like from a tangible standpoint. So one, you have the opportunity to build trust by showering your team with grace in their mistakes. You hold them accountable and give them the opportunity to grow from it. So you're sanctifying them in the moment, both from a spiritual perspective and from a vocational perspective. And you have the opportunity to deepen your relationship and knit the, the commitment of that person to your business and to you as a brother or sister even more intimately than you did prior. So grace serves a greater purpose. I mean, it obviously serves the purpose of witnessing to Christ's grace that he showers over us, but it also, I mean, truly serves a like a, a productive standpoint, you know, showing people grace creates commitment, creates buy-in and shows 
the path in which you want to run your business. That's literally living out what you believe and what you're trying to instill in the culture of your team firsthand. Yeah. Hello. So yeah, real, that's real quick, Cody, let me just add, because that was John D. Rockefeller, just to clarify. Thank the you. stories about John Rockefeller. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, in today's money, it cost him like $10 million is what it would have been. And yeah, wow. so he goes into him and he says to what you said, he said, why would I fire you? I just invested a million dollars into your education, right? Go and be great. And and so exactly what you talked about, Tyler, the grace, because we tend to give ourselves grace to fail, but not others. Hey, everyone, we want to give a special thank you to our Patreon supporters and our amazing sponsor, Rachel Inman of the Mortgage Mamas, for making this show possible. If you're looking for a lender who shares your same passion and heart for Jesus, reach out to Rachel today. Well, what kind of heart do you have to have, Cody, going into yeah, no, that willingness that, to serve, man? Yeah, that's super cool. I actually never heard that story about Rockefeller. It's really cool. But I had a, had a similar instance on my team where one of my guys, his very first deal, did something, made a mistake where it cost us five thousand dollars. I had to pay five mm. grand out of pocket to like mm. basically get him out of the situation. And I, you know, it it was terrible, but at the same time I, I looked at him and I was like, Look, man, like you have so much potential in this business and and uh, you know, I just wanted him to love this business. I actually told him, man, I was like, I want you to love it and I want you to enjoy this business because I think you can bring so much good to people. And I I just had to Absolutely had to love him through that and like, because he was so sad. <laughs> mm. And I hope he listens to this because he knows that he'll, he'll know <laughs> I'm talking to him. But he, I just, you know, had to love him through it and, and just like show him so much grace. And I like, that's where my heart was. I wanted that if I knew he was upset about it, I knew that he didn't mean to do what he did. And it's totally okay because he has since made us so much more right than that. And he is one of my best guys, one of my top producers. And, you know, because I felt like I sewed into him then and showed him grace the way that I would hope he would show other people in that, that same instance. And so, yeah, that was a real world one. That, it hurt, but it was good. It's turned yeah. out to be good. So, but yeah, I, I love the way that, like what you said about, you know, how Jesus talks about the way, the way that he would teach was not always from, oh yeah, it's okay. You know, whatever it was, a, he taught from a point of correction a lot of times. And I think mm -hmm. that to be a servant leader, a lot of times it's not just, you know, Hey, it's all good, you know, whatever. It's also a tough love kind of thing, you know, letting them go through things and you're loving them more and serving them more by, you know, teaching the way that, te that Jesus te taught from a correction standpoint and a heart posture mm. within that as well. So that's good. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. I mean, I think certainly having humility, the willingness to serve, the willingness to, we see a lot in this industry, right? We've talked about before, but we see a lot in this industry. There's so much ego. Right. And, and so someone is trying to succeed or someone's trying to have a team and they don't know why it's not working or whatever yeah. it is. And it's, it's this desire to prop ourselves up over everyone else. Right. The, the leadership looks like it's okay if someone else gets the credit. Right. Leadership, mm -hmm. servant leadership, a lot of times looks like I'm going to pour myself and what I've learned into you in hopes that in genuine hopes that you will far surpass what I've done. Right. And that's hard. That's hard for me. It's hard for people to do that. And, and I think about, you know, like you said earlier, Tyler, which I think is 100% right. Being a servant doesn't mean we're weak and we're pushovers. Christ was meek, right? It, yeah. was, it, was, it was power under control is what that was. He has this great strength. And, and obviously, and he, could, he created the world. He could have done anything that he chose to do. 
but he had this power under control and still yet this great compassion and love for people. And so I think an aspect of, of servant leadership is also from, we, we talk about a lot with our teams, with the people that we know, but also with our clients, right? Just as real estate agents, let's be realistic here. We have an influence in the community. People watch how we live because we say we're Christians and because real estate agents are interesting to people, right? They just are. We just kind of get to choose and do what we want all day. And people find that fascinating. One of the ways I think we lead, one of the ways we serve our community is to set an example of the best that we can of what does it mean to be a godly man? What does it mean to be a godly woman, right? What does that mean to show that we are servants of our king, servants of our family, and then servants of our clients in our business, right? Having that right, doing that in the right order. And there's so much to the aspect of being a servant. And the hardest part for me, if I'm honest in doing that, is it takes humility and not pride. And that's hard. And so I, I think as we we seek and desire to be men and women who truly serve those around us in our families, in our, in our, in our work, in our job, at our church, whatever that looks like, right? It takes a constant reflection, in my opinion, on what did Christ do for us. And he, as you said earlier, so well, T, he is the greatest example of a servant. And look and say, you know, look who Christ is. For me to have any puffed up conceit is is pretty ridiculous to think that I'm great or worth anything apart from him. Therefore, man, let me go and do likewise as he did. Right. What what do you think, T? Look like you got something to say there. I think it's all really good. I mean, a couple of scriptures just jumped in as you were talking there. I mean, James tells us that every good thing comes from God. All good things are coming from him. And so let's not pretend. And scripture tells us that our our works apart from him are filthy rags. And so that we can't pretend like any good deed that we're accomplishing apart from him is any good. You know, then that and that means that doesn't mean that there isn't work to be done that may have benefit to the world. But if the motivation is from a heart posture that's selfish and outside of a spirit-led selfless desire, then it is a filthy rag. It's not for the kingdom. Mm. And so, you know, thinking about leadership in particular and my experience, I've been on a lot of teams, right? I mean, that's the great thing about sports is you get to learn, you know, these buzzwords of culture and teamwork Mm. and leadership and buy-in. I mean, everybody, every team year over year has a different one of those and people fight for it constantly. People want to use those words and they want to talk about it, but I don't think people really know exactly what it means. And so, I've played on great teams with great culture, but believe me, there are a lot farther, fewer and farther between than the teams that have bad culture that are driven by selfish ambition. And so Hmm. I just to testify to what it means to be on a team that doesn't have servant leaders on it, on a team that is focused on making decisions with leaders that are focused on making decisions out of self-preservation or bottom line driven results and taking the, the people out of the equation. You know, I was on a team with the probably the most talent in the major leagues. I mean, we had 12, 13 all-stars on the Orioles when I was playing for them. But we had leaders on that team that created a culture where people should be grateful for the opportunity to be there rather than a culture where the team is excited that you are a part of it. 
and you have a significant role in taking this to where our goals are and what our what our desires are. So when you start creating this selfish environment, leaders that don't welcome people in with open arms and don't aim to serve even the least important guy on the team that might have only been there for a single game that year and didn't even play, that culture grows and spreads throughout the industry and people become very, very aware of it. And the way that you treat the least important, quote unquote, person on your team, because we all know that everybody is equally important, especially being made in the image of God. But the way that you treat the least contributing or the least producing agent or the the what, the person that the world would define as insignificant is what's going to drive your culture and your business, because that's what people see. That's what people inside the organization see. That's the the example that you're setting for the people around you. And again, that's what Christ means when he talks about being servant hearted. And so when I played on teams where I had leaders who I knew cared about me, who I knew were focused on getting the best out of me and were willing to sacrifice so that I had opportunities, even if there was some risk involved, so that they could put me on a path towards success. I was so much more focused on accomplishing what they had laid forth than any ambition I had in my own mind. But the second you start creating a leadership mentality of people that are focused on their own goals or leaders that are focused on their own goals, it creates the same thing for your team. And all the all the all the players in this situation or all the members of your team are going to be starting to focus on their own inward results as well, which pulls away at the seams of what a culture root truly stands for. So that was a little bit of a practical kind of run on on how things are, but it's a, it's a real simple case study on how when you have leadership that's committed to serving even the least of these, the culture gets knit even tighter together, whereas the opposite creates the exact inverse effect. It's good. Yeah. I mean, it's good to, to look around and why are my clients acting this way? Why are they doing this? Maybe one of the questions to ask is, how am I serving people or am I, right. right? Am I doing a good job from that perspective? You know, one of the things that, and I'm going to ask you both, what is a practical thing? So I'm glad you went there as we wrap this up. What is one practical example? What is one practical and tactical thing someone could do to just serve their people better, their clients better in particular? But one thing I was going to say was, you know, asking the question of when you get into a position and you're, you're trying to figure out what to do, just ask the question, what would a godly servant do? right? What would a godly servant do right now? Try to figure that out. And I'm going to go and do that, right? I think just having awareness of sometimes we're not going to be about service. Sometimes we're going to be about pride, right? Or whatever else it is. So what do you think, Cody? What's what's a practical example, buddy, of, of something that someone could do to just serve their clients well? Yeah. I mean, going back to treat people the way that you would wish to be treated. I think one thing that I run into a lot of people ask me, you know, you know, success you know how how are you running your team and what's what's your secret per se not really any secret i mean it's 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 literally right here in scripture you 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 lead a certain way you do certain things you're a good steward with the things that god's given you and it grows that's literally it how do you lead generate i've preached i prayed for leads i prayed for you know new clients to come into our lives that we can then serve in a great way and yeah when you put their needs first and you serve them before yourself, like I said before, everything that comes after money, success is a byproduct. You're just doing what God called you to do. That's hmm. good, man. What do you think, T? Yeah, I mean, I think a practical thing that's really simple and easy to do is just asking questions and listening. The the greatest thing that some that you can give somebody 
in terms of showing them that you care is that you just choose to listen, that you're not just there and you hear them, but you listen. So what does that look like? It means when somebody shares something with you, hey, it's my kid's birthday. Next week, we got a birthday party. How hard is it to send a text or send a note, a little video, something saying, hey, hope you ha- how was the kid's birthday party? You know, hearing, identifying what drives and motivates people. I mean, that is a little bit of a di- deeper dive when you're talking about people on your team and, and where they're trying to get from a career standpoint. But if you can learn something about somebody that you didn't know prior to a conversation, we don't get to spend that much time with people that aren't on our team or that we're not spending every day with. We get, you know, the occasional interaction with clients and these touch points that we're, we're talking about having on a month to month basis. Why not treat them like they matter? The touch points, obviously the clients, but why not treat the touch points like they matter? And instead of just aiming to check the box and say that you did it and I completed my marketing or I, I fulfilled my lead gen plan for the year, what it is, why don't we treat them like it counts? And, and treat it like an actual choice to, to, to get something out of it. You know, I, I want to hear something. I want you to know that, that I'm here. I'm not just doing it just to do it. People notice that and people, that's what begs the question of like, why are, what's different about him? You know, I get all these mailers from different people from different industries, but why is, does, why does his say this? Or why did he follow up on this question? Like what's different about that guy? And even if you're not, you know, hammering Bible verses all over your marketing or every time you have a conversation, you're sharing the gospel. Like when you're different as Christians are called to be, it begs the question of why and and what's the source of that motivation? Why are you choosing to be different? And that's when you have the opportunity to testify. And that's when, you know, you have the opportunity to share the gospel. It's good. It just reminds me, you know, Philippians 2, right? Do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. And we've talked about that, used that verse before, but I think having the heart posture, right? Everything Mm -hmm. we would say is a heart posture. You're not going to be a godly servant if your heart is not postured in that way. So great insight, gentlemen. I think this is a, I hope, audience, a helpful conversation. T, give us that scripture one more time, buddy, as we wrap up Matthew 23, 11 and 12. Yeah, you gave me, you showed up my slugs and bugs, Philippians 2. Do nothing. Yeah, I, I did not want you to sing. That's why I didn't. So <laughs> let sorry. Sing. Hey, All there's right. a there there's a skip ahead 30 second button that audience <laughs> you guys should take advantage of right <laughs> All now. All right. All right. You're right. Please do. But all right, Matthew 23, verse 11, 12, the greatest among you shall be your servant. Whoever exalts himself will be humbled and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. Amen. Faithful agents, if you want to join a community that is trying and striving to be good, godly servants, come join our faithful agent community. Go to faithfulagent.com, click join our Facebook community. We'd love to see you there and we'll see you next week. Hey, Faithful Agents, as always, thank you so much for joining us again. We hope you will continue to help us build the Faithful Agent community by sharing this episode with your friends, tagging the Faithful Agent group on Facebook, and by actually downloading this episode to help us beat the algorithms and get the good word out to other faithful real estate believers. Go to faithfulagent.com and click join our Facebook community to join us, and we will see you next week.